0: Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. I've had of you, Serena, now! Welcome to this week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Kel Snyder,
1: and I'm your other host, Keith Reed Cleveland.
0: Keith and I were just talking about this, but it's the end of February, March is about to begin, and every single media company decided, we're just going to announce everything this week, so you're just going to have to keep busy paying attention to all of the feeds about all of the things. There's a lot, Keith. Oh, so, so,
1: so much happened. Like, earlier this week, a little look behind the curtain. Part of how we produce this is just dropping links into the chat as news comes out. And my phone was going off like every 15 minutes at a certain point. So I'm like, why is everything happening right now? So yeah, there's a lot oh, to get man. to today.
0: Yes, and we're going to start out with some exciting Mad Libs. Are you ready for this, Keith?
1: I don't think I ever will
0: be. <laughs> Here's a headline for everyone. So, for the franchise's 25th year anniversary, the Pokemon company enlisted Post Malone to do a cover of the hit 90s song... Only want to be with you. You remember by Hootie and the Blowfish? Yes, I do. Oh, that's a real sentence and a thing that has actually happened. You can hear. Uh, Post Malone's cover of Only Wanna Be With You, originally by Hootie and the Blowfish. In any case, that's a thing that has happened. There's an 8-bit remix of this 90s song that you probably heard on the radio, and this was going to happen because we knew that Pokemon Company had enlisted Post Malone to collaborate. We just didn't know what was going to result in this. So, Fun fact for you, Post Malone's party consists of a single Pokemon, a Ghost Alone, and a low-in Cubone, and yes, that's a bit, but I had to get that joke off. So, moving on. The Pokemon Company is pulling out all of the stops for its franchise's 25th year. So we had a Pokemon Direct this week, and the big news announcements were more gameplay footage of new Pokemon Snap, so get ready to go to an island and take pictures of all of your favorite Pokemon. We got remakes of the Gen 4 games coming out our way, a brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And then finally, probably the biggest news announcement here, is the Pokemon Legend Arceus? Acreus? I don't I don't remember how to pronounce the god Pokemon's name, but in any case, it is an open world Pokemon RPG in the style of Okami or Breath of the Wild, depending on exactly what segment of the footage you're looking at, so. New Pokemon Snap is probably one of my most anticipated drops for 2021, really excited to have that on my Switch. I'm excited for the Gen 4 Remix because that's sort of when I took a break from the franchise because I didn't have a DS back then. But it also has one of my favorite starter Pokemon designs with Piplup, the little water penguin that evolves into the amazingly awesome and incredibly endearing Empoleon, the steel water type penguin which, again, near and dear place in my heart because penguins. And enough people wanted a truly open world Pokemon game so they finally made one so you can stop complaining. So. I would recommend not reading the comments for any of these announcements, though, because you will find someone who will disagree with you in the most aggressive way uh, possible, no matter where you fall on the spectrum. So, avoid that. Just enjoy your thoughts and then keep going. If this excites you, great. If this doesn't excite you, great. Like, I get it. Like, we've been with this franchise for a quarter of a century. It's been a long time. You have feelings. Be nice to people on the internet, please. (laughs)
1: I keep getting things from this universe that I didn't know that I wanted or needed. Like I remember how much I raved on this show about Pokemon Sword and Shield. It had moments where it made me feel like, oh, this is the Pokemon game I always imagined while I was playing in my mind on the Game Boy. I imagined it being an open world concept. So when I saw the footage for Pokemon Legend kids Arch- let's call it Archie, Pokemon Legend Archie. <laughs> we, Somebody's going to
0: yell at us for that one.
1: I know they're going to, but it's fine. Um, when I saw the footage for this game, it really hit me like, oh no, this is actually what I've imagining the entire time. Like there's footage in that trailer of you straight up sniping Pokemon, like crouching down in like the wild weeds and throwing a Pokeball and unsuspecting Pokemon, and boom, I caught you. Which is interesting because I feel like that takes all the trouble out of like trying to fight to get the HP down like one just to catch it. You might just want to save your time and just like do that instead. Which I love the possibility now that you can do, and it kind of feels like. A combination of all the Pokemon properties had over the years, including Pokemon Snap. If you want to spend this open-world RPG game just walking around, watching Pokemon do Pokemon things, you can do that in this game if you want to. But you can also, like, watch them fight and do all the other normal Pokemon things as well. This is wonderful because I can tell that the universe is continuing to expand and find ways to evolve, no pun intended. And I can see there's a lot more future coming with this. So, hey, I am have another reason to play my Switch, which I have not played in months now since I got my PS5. So I'm looking forward to this.
0: So it's funny that you mentioned that, right? Because, like, the, the mainline Pokemon games have had pretty much the exact same formula since their inception. Where it's sort of like six, part, six Pokemon per party, four moves per Pokemon, type advantages, like... The fundamentals of the game haven't really changed, but they have gone in a lot of different directions with their auxiliary franchises. So we've had, like, the Pokemon trading card game game, which that near and dear place in my heart, uh, Mystery Dungeon, uh, Snap, uh, the Pokémon Tournament one, uh, where you, like, actually fight with the Pokemon in a fighting game style. Um, like, they have a lot of opportunities and a lot of things to do with the premise of, like, pocket monsters. And I think that they keep trying to iterate on what they know was successful with the mainline franchise, but they're also, like, we're going to do this thing and we're gonna see how it works out and we're gonna see what happens. And I think the one nice thing about uh nintendo and nintendo back companies is that they want to put out a quality product and they don't announce a product unless they are 100 percent sure that this is gonna meet their ridiculous standards right this is the exact same reason why we will probably never get a metroid game because it's never gonna live up to their ridiculous standards um but like the fact that they are willing to put this out there is sort of like we are confident that this is the iteration we want i'm excited for that it looks good um i'm personally more excited for the gen 4 remakes but that's again large because i really love piplop because penguins are just good and adorable and i think that covers a pokemon news announcement so what, what do you got for us this week
1: Michael DiMartino and Brian Canesco, also known as co-creators of the Avatar The Last Airbender and Avatar Legend of Korra, shared admittedly disappointing news a few months back when they announced that they were stepping away from Netflix's live-action adaptation of the classic series. Well, it looks like they may have known what they were doing, because they're getting the band back together, folks. It was announced this week that the pair not only returns to Nickelodeon, but will be co-chiefs co-chief creative officers of Avatar Studios. The studio was designed to create original content ranging from animated series and movies based on the franchise's world that fans have loved and adored for years now. The first production on the docket is an animated feature-length film set for theatrical release One Day in the Future and set to go into production later this year. It's ironic that the two left the Netflix property due to creative differences just to go ahead and reconnect with the original studio and basically be given the keys to the kingdom once again. There's a lot to pick apart here as far what potential may be how this whole thing went down and what may come to hold but Miguel what are your thoughts on this
0: this reeks of screw you we'll do it ourselves energy <laughs> yes because, like, like you mentioned, right, like, they've been trying to get, like, a proper live-action adaptation of the franchise for whatever reason. I'm not sure why they, they were so insistent on in trying to get there, but, like, we saw what happened with the original M. Night Channel on adaption, which I may or may not acknowledge, depending on, like, the day of the week. Correction, uh, right? you
1: saw what happened. I still have not watched it, and I never will.
0: <laughs> I I have not watched it either. I'm just oh. aware of its existence. <laughs> same,
1: we're in saying both then. <laughs>
0: I've seen YouTube clips, and that I have. It's not, oh. it's not a pretty picture. Um, but like in any case, right? So when Netflix announced, it's sort of like we're well, giving them the keys to the kingdom, like you said. So sort of like, oh great, they're going to have creative control. And then Netflix, I don't know what Netflix was doing because I really just don't know what Netflix is trying to do any given day of the week. Um, but <laughs> they they burned some bridges and they bounced, and now having them be back in Nickelodeon with an animated studio like a full-on studio dedicated to just this one franchise that shows you how much Nickelodeon knows that this franchise means a lot to a lot of people and how people are starving for more content in this world so it's exciting it's a good thing I I think my one hope is that I hope they hire just a lot of Asian American and Pacific Islander, like, creative team behind the camera and in front of the camera. The microphone, I guess, here, right? Because, like, uh, Michael DeMoro and Brian Cosiguito, like, they're both white dudes. Well-intentioned white dudes. I love the Avatar universe, but, like there is an opportunity for them to do even more than just, like, pioneering these stories, right? Because that's just one step of the process. Like, there's another step that I think that they are capable of taking, and I hope they do. And I hope I can be even more excited about the series than I already am.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'm totally at least a great opportunity they have before themselves to continue to tell these amazing stories they've had so far. But I'd like to point out that somehow... Avatar is probably considerably more popular now than it ever has been. And I think that largely ties back to the show being brought to Netflix because if you remember, before Avatar The Last Airbender and then eventually Korra ended up on Netflix, they were only able to be found on, like, Amazon under behind the paywalls. Even with Amazon Prime, you still had to pay, like, $2 an episode. And there are 60 episodes of the first series. And who's trying to... I mean, some people did, obviously, but, like, not everyone's trying to cough up 100 duck bucks just to watch the show, even though I think it's mm-hmm. one of the best anime shows of all time. So, I mean, you have... This this new, you have accessibility, For people who grew up on the series like us and just love for nostalgia, which is like the lifeblood of entertainment right now. But you also have all these people who are able to like see it for the very first time and join that community. And shout out to the Avatar community for being so welcoming to people catching on something new, which is not always the case in entertainment. So, again, thank you all as a whole. So, I mean, this is definitely like something that was bound to happen, which is why the Netflix series um, live editation happened in the first place, right? Like, they said, hey, this is our most popular show this entire summer and it's 15 years old. Let's go ahead and like, bring from that well who knows what we're going to get now the co-creators have like walked away and if is still doing their thing we'll see because all the rumors coming out of that camp are very concerning whether it be them switching that like who's older between guitar and Sokka, which ruins their entire backstory or a variety of other things right um but moving on the avatar universe is ripe with potential a prime <laughs> example of that would be how a couple episodes ago we talked about how they're working on a tabletop rpg game set in the universe which is like just the best thing ever now, it's going to be interesting seeing if they can walk the line between meeting the demand and all the fanfare that this series has and potentially going towards oversaturation route. Because, again, if you create an entire studio for something, you're going to create a lot of content. And we'll see what the ratio is there for it I don't expect everything to be a hit, but I think a lot of it could be. So we'll see how that goes speaking of there's already a number of graphic novels they can pull from for adaptations if they want to, that have also been received fairly well by the fan base and they cover things from what happened after the first series went off and all the characters grew up and everything to a lot more backstories, even one after Cora to show what happened after they went to the spirit world and everything so there's a good chance that we'll actually be able to find out what happened in these parts that weren 't shown in the television series like what happened to zuko 's mom or if there will be an avatar after Korra, because we don't know where the avatar state lies after her story developed in a certain way. So, I mean, it would be very cool to see more development here, and I'm always seeing more more benders especially, but just more benders in general and just more of that universe.
0: My big hope for the franchise is that I think I think it goes like the Star Wars... I hope it doesn't go down the Star Wars route where it keeps telling the same story centered around like the same group of people constantly, right? Because like that, that's a bit... Um, I do hope they, they do sort of like what the extended universe is doing where they like go fall back into the future and discuss like some of the early development of of the universe, right? Because like there were like, I don't remember exactly like a hundred some avatars right? Between like uh, uh, Juan and like Korra. So like there there's like a wide breadth of sort of like how many people are there and like influence the world over a variety of cycles. And like it'd be fascinating to see like the second avatar where so sort of like congratulations you've inherited untold power and there's only one other person who's ever done this before and societies are still developing right like that's a fascinating story as is like kiyoshi like everyone wants more avatar kiyoshi at any given time in any conversation when it comes up in the avatar universe (laughs) right yes so there's a lot of cool opportunities to focus on a wide number of things it's a world rich for expansion and i think i think you're right on the money like there's gonna be a fine line between like giving us all of these cool things and then oversaturating it and then making sure each of them is quality so we'll see It's time for yet another update on the evergreen streaming wars. Big contenders like Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, and Disney Plus continue to dominate the news cycle, as smaller ventures, which still probably take in millions of dollars from people like Peacock and Paramount Plus, the rebranded CBS All Access, all try to buy for a place on your monthly bill, and Roku sticks. There was a lot of news coming out from all of these places, so we're gonna do like a quick, quick highlight reel of everything happening. So, speaking of Paramount Plus, you know, what used to be CBS All Access and is now getting rebranded to have a plus sign. They just grabbed the Halo uh, series from Showtime, so like that's gonna be on their exclusive streaming platform now. They're rebooting Criminal Minds, don't know why. They're reviving Frasier. don't know why. They're doing series adaptations of the Italian Job, Fatal Attraction, and the Parallax View. Don't know why. And they're giving uh, Jeremy Renner a vehicle. Don't know why. I don't know why any of these exist. Someone must be really excited about these, but I'm just sort of like, what are any of these words mean? Um, Moving on to some of the more familiar names. Uh, Netflix announced... A new Sherlockian Holmesian Supernatural series called The Irregulars coming out March 26th. Uh, the Shadow and Bone adaptation comes out April 23rd. The first production from Miller World, uh, the uh, production media production company founded by Mark Miller who did a bunch of comic book works, is getting its first series released. Uh, well, not first series, but like the a really major one in, like, the grand scheme of things. Uh, Jupiter's Legacy, that comes out May 7th. Uh, there is a new Zack Snyder zombie heist film, appropriately called Army of the Dead, coming out May 21st. It stars David Bestia, so I have to at least mention it. And then finally, Variety did a report about how Netflix is trying to up their, uh, inclusion and diversity within their uh, company and within their media so there's a big story there I would recommend checking it out but the millions of dollars are invested in that Good to Netflix for trying um, I do mean that we'll see how it pays off um, HBO Max uh, big news there was that Holy Quinn* Season 3 is in production so that's very exciting and I will also just want to take this time to mention yet again that Infinity Train Season 4 is happening, and you should get emotionally devastated by an Eldritch location if you have not already. There are three seasons on HBO Max right now. It's really good. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, Disney Plus, big things there. Uh, A new trailer for Mighty Ducks Game Changer, because we needed a new trailer for that. And then uh, more importantly, we got the premiere date for Loki that comes out June 11th we only really have a still to go off of but like that's still plenty exciting considering how good WandaVision is right now and how good the trailers for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier have looked Um, Hulu has a couple things on their belt Um, the big ones are Modoc, the uh, Claymation Marvel animated series that is coming out Um, it's one of four that survived the call that happened whenever the uh, rights transferred back and forth like, seven times. So, we'll see how that works. Animaniacs got renewed for another season. Not a surprise. That should have happened already. Keep giving me that good satirical content. And there is also The Handmaiden's Tale season four. I did not realize there was a season two and three. So, uh, that was, that was fun to find out. Uh, it just sounds dark right now in this timeline. So, and that wasn't even everything. That was just the stuff I wanted to highlight. So, the streaming wars. Everyone wins and everyone loses, and there is money to be made in these deep, deep coffers. What are your thoughts, Keith?
1: Just start from the very top, I also don't know what Paramount Plus is doing with most of this, but I will not sit here for slander on the Italian job, sir. I've
0: never seen it. I, I cannot.
1: Okay, no. Okay, correction, I have not seen the original. I've seen the remake by Mark Wahlberg and Moss Def and Jason Statham and Seth Green and a bunch of other people. I love that movie. Sure. That was, like, one of my go-to, like, deep cut favorite movies for a very long time, actually. Do you time, think actually. it would
0: work as a TV series? Do you think there's enough content? Yeah. Okay. okay.
1: I mean, like, it's basically just a heist show. Ah. That's all it is. They're, like just really, they're con men. They just like do really good heists. Sure.
0: I, just, I only vaguely knew about its existence, so like, I, I can't be excited about it. I'm glad you were excited about it.
1: You know what? We're gonna go on Twitch, folks, and we're going to stream the Italian job and hope we don't get sued. You can watch it with us. We,
0: we we won't do that very specifically. We will we will we will watch that on off stream type night, and then we will have a movie Fine. night. description. So, point of information, right? Paramount Plus also owns Nickelodeon, so there is a non trivial possibility that all of the Avatar universe stuff is going to end up on Paramount Plus. It's
1: actually very likely, to be honest. Like, it's kind of assumed it's where it's going to go. Yeah. And I assume as soon as the Netflix contract is up, the Avatar series will also be on Paramount Plus. So enjoy that way you can, folks. But that is
0: to say, <laughs> get ready to, to buy your Paramount Plus if you're not already uh, in the CBS Access Club. So, moving on.
1: <laughs> yes. Moving on. With Netflix, the thing that stands out to me most here is why do we keep giving Zack Snyder money? It just keeps happening.
0: I, his movies are fun to watch, like, sometimes.
1: Okay, look, the movie of here that I enjoy the most is the one that everyone else pans, which is Watchmen. But even I understand that, like, it's not what it could have been. All the rest of them are, like, I see, like, this could have been good, but it's not. And the common denominator here, sir, is you. But those are my thoughts on Snyderverse, which we get in trouble for, so I will not expand too much further on those. With HBO Max, I have not watched Infinity Train yet, but you all rave about it constantly.
0: You need to watch Infinity Train.
1: I clearly do. As far as loki i think quick correction we do have a trailer for loki and it looked really fun And you know, like it's basically him being like a time cop and like jumping off of like airplanes to so the illusion that he is um i forgot the name whoever that guy in history was that like robbed the plane and jumped off and was never seen again
0: oh uh something cooper
1: yeah db cooper so there's like insinuation that like loki's db cooper and that he's like working with the time cops and going back all this kind of stuff it looks very fun so i'm excited about that um, I didn't know Handmaid's Tale was still on. To be honest, so I mean, yay for that show if you're a fan of it. Good job, yeah. Um, Animaniacs deserves all the praise, and I'm just curious to see what his Mordock show is. I feel it's gonna be like. Something that a very specific niche audience loves, but everyone else is gonna be like, "No, I'm okay on that." <laughs> so we'll see how powerful that cult audience can be. That we've seen many times before. If you get very, very rav- like ravenous fan base that's small but powerful, you can get a lot of things made. Snyder <coughs> cut. But um, these things are all something to look forward to at a time we need things to look forward to. And that is right, folks. We definitely snuck two lightning round in on you because that much stuff happened this week. So now it's time for the segment that is actually meant to be the lightning round. Starting off, Woo Assassins, a guilty pleasure of mine that I enjoyed far more for the action than the actual plot, has been renewed for a standalone film called Fistful of Vengeance on Netflix, which brings a lot of the old cast back, but even brings in some new familiar faces from other shows that you may have caught. Hope may still be alive for the DCEU, maybe. And no, I'm not talking about the Snyder Cut. Three for three tonight. All right. Tanahasi Coates will be writing a script for the next Superman film that may or may not star Henry Cavill, but it will be produced by J.J. Abrams. For all we know, this could be a totally unrelated reboot, much like Matt Reeves the Batman. But time will tell. Shout out to Tanahasi Coates. He's a great writer for a lot of different things and mediums. This should be dope. We have a new run of Static that will be coming to DC Comics, which I'm always for more Static content. Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen launched an eight-episode podcast on Spotify about, quote, on issues ranging from politics in the state of America to fatherhood, marriage, and manhood. And then next up, Ava DuVernay is close behind with her own Spotify podcast focused on the Law Enforcement Accountability Project, also known as LEAP. And lastly... Daft Punk announced that they were disbanding its 28 years of working as a duo and making all of us dance on dan- in dance floors and cookouts and everything else. But great careers behind them. We still have all 30 years of music to look back on fondly. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in Nerd News, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. Once again, I'm your host, k 2 Cleveland.
0: I'm your host, Michael Snyder.
1: And please, please, please make sure you go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe every we listen to podcasts so we can get even more listeners and grow our community. Have a good week. Enjoy yourselves. You'll hear from us again in about seven days or so.
0: Have a good one.